Yes, it's episode 140 of Griff's Brain Dump. It's me, Griff, obviously. It's Saturday. Saturday. Saturday the what? The, um, uh, Saturday the 28th of September. Exactly two weeks, 14 days before I become Mr. Griffiths. <laughs> I'm keep, of course, I'm keeping my name. That'd be silly. I'm getting married, obviously, in two weeks' time. Exactly this time next week, we will be married. We'll be done. Contract signed. Certificate added. So, yeah, that's happening in two weeks, but still a bit to do. Not not a lot, though. The house is full of junk. Um, just stuff for the wedding. Um, but, yeah, not it's not a lot left to do. Not a lot left to do, so it's good. It should be the last week should be quite chilled. Quite chilled. I've still got to finish my speech. Started writing it. Then what happened? I started writing my speech. Then thought, this is really easy. And like, ah, oh, I don't need to write it right now. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. But I do. I do need to do that. I need to um, write her card. Because apparently you give cards and presents to the person you're marrying on the day of the wedding. I didn't know this. I was like, um, I thought. That's just, what? For the president to each other was getting married. It's not what I found that I had to, uh, that is, uh, is a tradition in some places to contribute to the head. I was like, what? No, it's not. And then, you know, I read online and stuff. We've got, yeah, my, my husband did. It was really lovely. It was really sweet. He didn't have to. And other forums going, nah, it's, uh, I've never heard this in my life. I was like, huh? <laughs> Might be mugged off. But anyway, the weather's soon. Two weeks, so I'm looking forward to it. Tried on my suit this week. Need one, two more adjustments to be made. One to the waistcoat, one to the trousers. And then bish bash boss, suit done. Suit is done. And that, and just, um, and I can fit into my suit. Two weeks before, let's hope the groomsmen can, because if they can't, oi. Managed in no names, but some of them. Some of them have put on some timber. <laughs> oh my god, Darren, you're such a bitch. I know. Oh. Anyway, what um what's it going on in the world? What's it going on in the world? I don't actually know what's been going on in the world. Um I know it's been going on, on Facebook, which gives me a, a small idea of what's happening in the world. Um, everyone on my Facebook seems to be quite obsessed with this uh, Greta Thunberg. Thunberg, great. She's um, she's some kind of Scandinavian, some kind of Danish, Danish, Swedish, Norwegian. I'm pretty sure she's not Icelandic. I'm pretty sure she's not Finnish. So, one of those three, um, Greta Thunberg. Where is she from? Where is she from? I, I don't sound ignorant. Uh, Greta. <laughs> Thunberg is Swedish. Born in 2003. Now, um, it's all a bit mad. It's all a bit mad. She's this, if you don't know who she is, she's this environmental activist who um, is like about 10 years old. And she's just doing these big old speeches. And she's very passionate. She's 16 now. She's 16. 
and people who love her just like, oh my gosh, she's such an inspiration. It's like she's the second coming of Jesus. And then people who don't like her, like, shut this bitch up. And listen, everyone needs to calm down. Okay, let's remember she's a kid and she's passionate about something. She comes across slightly autistic. I'm not sure if she actually is, but um, she does come across as slightly autistic. I mean, to be this obsessed with a topic like environment, uh, like you know, environmental change at that age. I mean, uh, did you have a TV growing up? <laughs> What's going on? But no, she she did this speech at climate at. Uh, Climate for change talk. And obviously she was getting round of applause. Because yeah, that's your crowd. You're playing a home game. And they're going nuts for her. She was like, how dare you? How dare you? You've lied and you stole our future. And you expect me? And she and she furrows her brow. It's, it's all weird. It's, like, it's really weird to watch. It's like this adult shrunk into a, a child's body i'm not talking about a dwarf either i'm it's like it's like a reincarnation of someone and they've come back as a kid but they've got like all this kind of knowledge and it's, it's just weird she talks to you like an old lady talks to a grandchild who's misbehaved and it is it's strange you know but i don't know why i don't know why um and I had to watch the speech because I was saying I'm going to comment on it because everyone's talking about it and I need to, you know, stay up with current affairs. And like people are like this speech is so inspiring. And like, yeah, again, now people like shut this bitch up. Oh, I watched the speech. I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, you can take it or leave it. <laughs> I mean, my view on climate change, um, I'm on the fence with it. The climate just changes. It always happens. Um, I learned that in geography at before A level. The planet cools, it heats up, it cools again. You have ice ages, animals die out, um, endangered species, yeah, they exist, but most species that have ever existed on this planet are dead and extinct. So, part of me, you know, has there been increasing natural disasters? I don't know. Has there been increasing monitoring of them? I don't know. Maybe there's been an increase of humans spreading and we're getting to see more natural disasters. Because let's face it, it's only a disaster when a there's been subhuman cost. No one gives a shit about a tsunami wiping out an uninhabited island in the middle of the Pacific. Doesn't get reported. But you know, when a fucking tsunami wipes out, you know, a beach bar and 300 people have died. And it's like, ah, two were Brits. Ah! <laughs> That's always fun in the news, isn't it? There's been a shooting. Included in the 70 dead. Two Brits. Oh my God, it's, it's even worse now. Two Brits. And they just focus on those two Brits. It's like, oh my God, it's made this more of a tragedy now. I mean, before, I was like, hey, you know, that's just life. But now two Brits have died. Ah, ah, ah. But it's true. I think there's an end of that when it comes to these uh, climate change. It's just we're, we're being affected by it more. We haven't come to terms with our own mortality. I think as we all step away from religion, um, we don't have something to placate our instinctive fear of dying. That's what it is. So I think when you're religious, you, you know that there's some kind of... You're, you have a story, whether it's true or not, you have a story of what happens to you when you die. 
Yeah. So, you know, doesn't matter how bad the world gets, I've been a good person, I'll go to heaven. Or doesn't matter how bad the world gets, be a good person, get reincarnated as, you know, me, but with a bigger penis. Right? And then your life just, just goes on and you can just carry on living your life because it's sweet. But when you lose that, you know, that ever that chance of everlasting paradise, whatever answer there is, you now have to focus on the now and what's going on. And now you focus on it now, you're like, oh my god, the Amazon's on fire. <laughs> it's like, shit. That's cutting into my life. That's cutting my life by uh, 13 minutes. I need those 13 minutes. It's like, yeah. I know. I, I don't know enough about climate change, but it's just my view. I just don't think it's actually, um, I don't think we're accelerating it that much as humans. Doesn't mean you should treat the planet like trash. But if we do, if we don't, the planet will decide whether it wants us on here or not. You gotta think we're just oh it's the metaphor I have in my head, right? We're just smaller organisms living on a bigger organism, right? So the same way that we can try and control the planet, but it's too big for us to do it. And the planet can just get rid of us. And there's nothing we can do about it. We're insignificant compared to the planet. Same way to us with bacteria. Bacteria there. Imagine they've they got little bacteria civilizations. They're like, oh my god, uh, I haven't made anything of myself in my life. You know, I've just been here, just been this built bacteria under this guy's finger now. Huh? I wanted more in life, but uh, I want to go traveling. And yeah, you spread your germs everywhere. And but the host body, us as humans, we don't give a shit. We're gonna just wash you off if we want to wash you off. You make us ill, we'll wash you off. If you don't make us ill, then uh, we might forget about you. I think that's what's going to happen to the planet. If we are exacerbating any kind of environmental damage, the planet will deal with us. It'll work it out. It'll be like, ah, oh, it's these scumbags. We wiped out everyone else who tried fucking around. We'll wipe out these lot. Hello. That's, um, I'm not sure what I said was science. <laughs> but I said what I said. Said what I said, but yeah, Greta Thunberg. Why is she not at school? That's the real question. Why? Why is she not at school and just you know destroying school debates? Going to other schools, being a regional champion at debating. I mean, I've nothing against this girl, but I just think it's weird when we start making heroes out of kids. Like Malala Yousef, that's another one. Just like. She got shot in the head. She's a fucking victim. People are just looking at, oh my God, you're an inspiration to me. She's like, let, let her be a kid. How old is Malala now? How old is Malala? Right, let's see. Uh, Malala. Her name isn't Malala Youssef. Her name is Malala Yousafzai. I thought that was Malala Youssef, you know. But it's not. It's Yousafzai. 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 Malala Yousafzai. Ah. Anyway. Also, no, it's just Malala. Cool. They're not giving her age. Oh, yeah. She's 22. From Mingora. Swat! Pakistan. 
And she lives in Birmingham. Didn't know that. And she's a resident of Pakistan and Canada. Well, anyway. But yeah, she's another one. Poor girl got shot in the head by a Taliban. And I was like, oh, inspire us, do speeches for us. Wait, have I got that right? Or was she doing speeches before and that's why she got shot in the head? <laughs> I'm not going to read about it. Not even going to read about it. Um, no, I think she actually was doing speeches before, right? Oh, well. Anyway. That's uh, that's the end of the podcast. No, it's not. It's not. As far as we don't make her an activist. But off that, what else is going on this week? Boris! Let's talk about fucking Boris. He's, he's having... I'll tell you what, this season of Brexit keeps on getting better and better. It keeps getting better. I don't know how they keep on just doing these plot twists. Just when I think I'm bored and had enough of Brexit and, you know... Just as I think I'm understanding what's going on, bang, another plot twist. The writers on Brexit are just out of this world. If they don't get a BAFTA, I don't know. It's fucking bollocks if they don't get a BAFTA. But no, um, no it's just mad. So if you, you must know if you've ever, if you lived under a rock and you don't know. So you know he obviously tried to prorogue Parliament. Told the Queen, hey, got to do it. Got shut down Parliament. She's like, okay, Boris, get this wobbly-headed man out of my out of my palace, please. And then um, it happened. They went to court. Some judges went, nah, mate, you've acted illegally. You take her piss. And um, now they're back in Parliament. And will anything happen? Probably not. Fuck all will happen. Then they find out that while London Mayor, he gave some money to some American business person from from the, from the mayoral fund. Will anything happen? Probably not. Fuck all. Because, you know, who cares nowadays? No, nothing actually happens to these people. Look at Trump. Look how long Trump's been allegedly. Who needs to be impeached? Colluded with the Russians? Blah, blah, blah. He's about to start his campaign for his second term. Listen, I'm all up for democracy and all that shit, but it's all bollocks, isn't it? Democracy is just like a tool just to make people feel like they've got some kind of say, like the illusion of choice. You know? But at the end of the day, when it comes to like politics, I feel like most of us, we're, we're like cows. Cows voting for whether we're going to be used for leather or used for beef. And then the ones who are doing a little bit better than the rest have decided, neither, I'm just going to be stay here and just get milked. But you're not living your best cow life. And that's, that's how I see politics. And then the irony is you can't actually be apathetic because then they can really just ride roughshod and do whatever the fuck they want. But if you vote... They're going to ride roughshod and do whatever the fuck they want anyway. It's annoying. And then like the only leader I've seen that seems like they're going to bring something different to the table when it comes to politics is bloody Corbyn. And he doesn't 
seem to, you know, know how to play the game of politics. You know what I mean? He's like a top bloke and a great activist, but politician, he doesn't seem to be one. But I don't have a way to see. Well, let's see, but this Brexit thing's a shambles. So it's almost done. And I bet it'll be extended. And the EU'll be like, what the fuck is going on? And while there's more uncertainty, there'll be more unemployment. Oh, oh dear, there'll be more tension in the air as well. I'll tell you, I said this on Twitter and Facebook, I said on all my social medias, that if the UK was in Africa or the Middle East, it would have been invaded by that. We'd had democracy bombed into it. I'm telling you. It's been shit. But who knows? I'm going to be out of the country when Brexit's decided, if it's not extended. But I won't be coming in from Europe, so it won't matter. But we'll see. It just seems like we're not even geared up for leaving. And it's happening in under like four weeks to four or five weeks, four and a half weeks. And we are not set up to leave. Seems weird that we're leaving like midweek as well, right? <laughs> See, <laughs> seems like a Friday thing. Leave on Friday, sort out all the procedures over the weekend, come in on Monday, be like, all right, fully ready to be out of the EU. Fully ready. But, um, <laughs> I know, man. I know. Right. What else has happened this week as well? Uh, Naga Monchetti. She did not see. Talking about the BBC. Basically, she was talking about tweets where people say, go back to where you come from. And what happened was she expressed an opinion. Now, apparently what happened was BBC didn't. She expressed an opinion. She got reprimanded for it. Now, she didn't get reprimanded for saying that go back to where you come from was... Uh, implied racism nor did she get done for expressing her personal view and experience on it either but what she did get done for is saying that Trump was using those tweets as a political move that's what she got done for and here's the crazy thing it wasn't BBC did uh, like her employees people complained like I don't know. There's people actually out there who watched BBC going, that was not fully impartial. <laughs> I am appalled. Disgusted. And she needs to be reprimanded. Oh, she thinks she'll come on TV being brown talking about race. How very dare she. But no, it's weird. I'm a big fan of Naga. Naga um, Munchetti. She, is she Indian? I think she's Indian. She looks like... This is weird. She looks like... Right. The type of person that... A black guy who says he only dates black women... Would date and try to claim that she's black... When she's Indian. <laughs> That's the kind of Indian she looks like, if you don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, BBC not impartial on racism, senior bosses say. BBC has said it is not impartial on racism. 
after a backlash over its decision to uphold a complaint against breakfast presenter Naga Monchetti. In the email to staff, Director General Tony, Tony All, um, and other bosses said, racism is not an opinion and it's, a mat- and it's not a matter for debate. Racism is racism. It said that part of the complaint was about her comments on racism was rejected. Okay. Um, earlier, dozens of black actors and broadcasters called on the BBC to overturn its decision. Why just the black ones? What about, what about the Indian ones? Or are they using black just to describe everyone who's not white? I don't know. Let's see. On Wednesday, presenter Monchetti was found by the BBC Editorial Complaints Unit, ECU. Sounds so bad, doesn't it? Oh, shit. What? It's Clark from the ECU. Oh, no. What does ECU stand for? The Editorial Complaints Unit. Oh. Anyway, um, the ECU to have a, to have breached the corporation's guidelines on by criticising the US President Donald Trump's motives after he said four female politicians should go back to places from which they came. The corporation said its editorial guidelines do not allow for journalists to give their opinions about the individual making the remarks or their motives for doing so. In this case, President Trump. All right. She was not found in breach for calling out racist comments, which is perfectly acceptable, where things are clearly framed in racist language, the BBC head of editorial studies had said. Mochetti is not facing any disciplinary action or reprimand. She received messages of support from both inside and outside BBC following the ECU's ruling. We admire her for it. The email from the BBC's executive committee, which includes Director General Lord Hall and Director of News and Current Affairs Fran Unsworth, Tells all staff, you will have heard a lot of comments over the past few days about the BBC and the report of racism. The BBC is not impartial on racism. Racism is not an opinion and it's not a matter for debate racism. Racism. Naga Manchetti, one of our stars, was completely within her right to speak about the tweets of Donald Trump, which have been widely condemned as racist. What, what happened there? What? Sorry, I'm watching Soccer Saturday. <laughs> Completely destroyed my narrative flow, but Jeff Stelling really screamed. Anyway, Jesus, I was really, Chris Kamara's moustache is disgusting. Anyway, so, uh, Nagaman Choi, one of our stars, was completely within the right to speak about the tweets of Donald Trump, which have been widely condemned as racist. We completely back her in saying, as a woman of colour, to go back to where I came from, that was embedded in racism. She was speaking honestly and from the heart about her own experiences. We admire her for it and she was completely justified in doing so. Uh, the very limited finding uh, was not about Naga's comments on racism. That part of the complaint was rejected. Okay, the email added diversity matters hugely. Uh, the accessibility is built on quality and diversity of our people. That is not negotiable. Okay. Well, I mean, this this is well, I don't, I'm bailing this on this article. This article is way too fucking long. But I know it's just weird that people actually complained about that. I'd have thought people would have complained about her calling Trump a racist if they were going to complain. Well, that's a niche complaint, very niche. Oh dear, how long have we done this pod? Cause, you know, I always have stuff to do. It's Saturday. Little stuff to do, right? 23 minutes. Oh, that's what I was meant to talk about. So, last week's podcast, 
you'd heard me potentially being a victim of fraud. As I've got a receipt from TM Lewin, two shirts. Well, I don't what's going on, do they being returned, being bought? Just got a receipt, can't work it out. Um, it's in Brent Cross now. Naomi was in Brent Cross at the time. So I messaged her going, hey, what are you doing in TM Lewin? She's like, I'm not in TM Lewin, but uh, I'm near. And I was thinking, oh, she's so cheeky, she's messing around. I go, no, 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 seriously, yeah. What are you doing there? She's like, um, no, I'm not actually going to TM Lewin. And I was like, hey? Because, yeah, what are you talking about? I just got a receipt saying someone's in TM Lewin in Brent Cross. She said, hmm. I saw Alex, that's my cousin, one of my groomsmen, uh, my former co-host on on, uh, on Pulse. I saw Alex in, uh, <laughs> in Brent Cross with a TM Lewin bag. Um, no. I was thinking, no, why do you have a TM Lewin bag? So, oh, wait, I gave him shirts. For the wedding. He's a groomsman. I gave him his shirt. Another groomsman shirt. My brother. So you could just, you know, give, keep those shirts for the wedding. And then, I was thinking, yeah, but why would he need to take those shirts? Now, go and uh, look at, the, uh, look at the, the receipt again. And it's the exact shirts that I gave to him. I was like, wait a minute. And reason for return was damaged in delivery. And I was like... Well, they, I delivered them myself. Were they damaged? It's like, shit, if they're damaged, then I need to tell the other groomsmen to go sort out their shirts and get them changed. So I messaged him, go, hey, what's up with the shirt? His response? Well, what? Why do you say that? I go, because I got a receipt to say that you returned the shirt, so I just need to know what's wrong with them. And he's like, um, Pablo ate the shirts. Now, if you don't know who Pablo is, Pablo is his cat. His cat ate the shirts. Got his claws in, his teeth, and just started ripping into the plastic, into the shirts. I was like, oh. I just gave him rolly eyes and raised eyebrow emoji. And he was like, yeah, it's all done now. And then I put all the pieces together. I was like, oh my God, he must have been fucking rattled. Think about it. I've just given these shirts that day. Gives it that day, and then is it the same day or the week after? I mean, it's the day after. Gave him the shirts. Day after, right? He's, he the shirts are eaten by his cat. He's like shit, shit, shit. And he's returned his shirt. He returns his shirts. Got them in his hand. Who does he bump into? The fucking bride of the wedding whose shirts his cat has ruined. <laughs> so he's there going, uh, uh, what are you doing? And then Nobi in hindsight goes, yeah, now think about it. He walked a completely different way to the way he was he was um, originally going before he saw me. I was like, where were you? Because we was literally outside TM Lewin. I go, he must be walking towards TM Lewin for, let me do this. No one needs to find out. And boom, Naomi turns up and he must be like, shit, shit, shit. Then, he gets away with it, goes home, thinks, ah, oh, job well done, crime, crime covered. Yes, Tottenham scored, crime covered. And then I messaged him out of nowhere, go, what's up with the shirts? He must be like, what, where, where's the cameras? How can he see this? Where, where is he? 
It's fucking hilarious. It's fucking internet though. Mate? Fucking ratted on him. Anyway. Let's get some dear Deirdre on. Um Right. Let's see this. Dear Deirdre, my fiance had sex with another woman who sneers at me when I run into her in the street. My fiance had what he calls a thing with another woman who sneers at me when I run into her in town. I hate her. My fiance and I met at work and we've been dated for two years. I fell pregnant, so he moved out of his parents' house to live with me. I'm 26, he's 23. Our baby girl is three months. All right, he's young. Um, just before I was due to give birth, a colleague from work called me to say she wanted to meet up. When she did, she said she thought my fiance was having an affair with a girl from accounts. Oh, you leave accounts alone. Uh, <laughs> I confronted him, but he claimed they were just friends. He looked guilty though, so I couldn't get the thought of them together out of my head. When he was unusually late home one night, I confronted him again and he confessed to everything. He said it was a fling rather than an affair because it was only about the sex. Sex. Um, I didn't really like her that much, uh, but he did. Oh, I didn't really. Sorry. He said it was a fling rather than an affair because it was only about the sex. I didn't really like it that much. But he said he couldn't handle the guilt of what he was doing to me. I then messaged that girl and asked her to meet me. She's 22. Their stories matched up. But she also said she had sex in my bed when I'd been away for a baby shower. Jeez. Um, she said my fiance told her that he wanted a baby with her. And although he had dumped her, she said, I know I'll get him in the end. My fiance said that everything she had told me was lies. We have moved across town for a fresh start. <laughs> Fuck it, hell. Fresh start. You've moved across town. That's you got to move to at least a different town. I mean, this ain't fucking 1932. He doesn't move across town. He can set up a new life. No. You're in the same fucking town. Anyway, my fiance said that everything uh, was a lie. We moved across town to start fresh. As I didn't want to be in, in the same bedroom where she might have been. Okay, if that's your reason, I can, I can get that. Uh, we were due to be married in 2021. And my sister keeps asking when I'm going to start my wedding planning. But I keep thinking, do I want to, ma to be married to this person who has betrayed me well um so i've told him that if he ever does anything like this again it will be the end for us i've run into the stupid girl three times now and she always jeers at me jeers or leers because they're different things leering at you just staring jeering at he started to sneer now she jeers sneers like a like a you know a little look cut eye Side eye, but a jeer. You're there walking along, pregnant. She's like, Waka, 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 Waka. I fucked your boyfriend. I fucked your boyfriend. I fucked your boyfriend. I fucked your boyfriend. Waka, Waka, Waka. <laughs> Just across the road. Each time she's just in like aisle six in Asda. 
the salt oh, should I get the four the four pack of beans or just the two pack? I mean it's better value for money. Oi! Look at you! Oi! Struggle with the beads, are ya? Struggle with the beads, eh? Look at you with the beads. Your boyfriend's beans were on my face. Hey! <laughs> anyway. So, my advice is, um, yeah. you you got to leave town. You've actually got to leave town. You can't just be in town. You can get over cheating. You two together. But you've got to leave town. He's got to change job. You've got to leave town. You've got to actually make a fresh start. And if you're not willing to do that, then you just got to leave him. That's what you've got to do. All right? Okay, next one. I've had enough. My knee... All right. Oh, just from the headline. I, I'm going to say it's his fault. Let's go. I've had enough. My needy girlfriend loses it if I stop buying her things and make, making a fuss of her. The moaning of her... The moaning of my girlfriend is non-stop. And if I take my foot off the pedal for a moment in our relationship, listen, dumper, you clearly like it, all right? You're in, you've got some kind of fetish where you like being abused and dominated. Yeah, I've got all of that from the first thing because from the moment you've said she, she's this needy and you think it's over the top but you haven't left yet, then oh, you've clearly got some low self-esteem. Let's see. And we've been together for a year and at first everything was great. I love that. All these relationships, everything was great when they start off in the year. Do you know my and Naomi's relationship was not great the first year? <laughs> That's going to make it sound like we have a trash relationship. Not true. It just wasn't great. It wasn't like a fairy tale. I've never, I've never rowed with someone that much that early in a relationship. But we realised it was because we were both just being honest from day one. And it's like, what you're doing annoys the shit out of me. Huh? No, you cannot treat me like that. No, don't do that. And that's what it was. That was our first few months together. Maybe first year. <laughs> I mean, I'm still learning now, but I it's much less. It's now, it's now we, we know how the other person operates now. And, that, and it's fine. But I feel like a lot of people just do the honeymoon thing, innit? Where the other person pisses them off, but they don't say anything. Because it's like, oh, God, they might take their genitals away from me. So they don't say anything. And then it's a year bedded in. And then they do it again. You're three years in relation. Like, um, I hate you when you do that. So, and I do what? And you do that thing with your hands. What? I've always done this. I know. I've always hated it. See? That's not going to happen. There's nothing that Naomi can tell me now that I'll be shocked as pissed her off. <laughs> Each time I pissed her off, I know I've pissed her, pissed her off and I know how I've done it and why. Ah, oh, fucking hell. Serge Aurier's been set off. 31 minutes, second bookable offence, fucking twat. Tottenham! Anyway. Let's, uh, my mate Ash is going to message me soon. So how are you watching the game? Anyway, uh, we've been together for a year. And that first effort was great. We couldn't get enough of each other. I planned lots of romantic things and bought her little gifts. 
But the last couple of months have been awful. We argue every day. She says I've stopped buying presents and should be more interested in her. I don't surprise her anymore. She feels unwanted. She feels just like my friend, not my girlfriend. The list goes on. I'm 27 and I've just taken a new job. So in between job things were tight and I just couldn't afford to keep buying her stuff. Well, that's fine. Because it's just stuff in it. She's 26. And I think one problem is she had a controlling, abusing, abusive ex. And she thinks I'm going to turn out to be like him. But I'm not like that. Uh, yeah, she needs to go get help. Because, like, you're buying her presents, right? And not punching her in the face. Now, I'm not saying that's what women should settle for. You know? You never bought me anything, like, in a year. Yeah, but am I kicking you in the tits? No, and then stop moaning. Like it's like it's no one's no one's saying that. But I'm saying she can't be linking those two things together. That the moment you've bought present, stop buying presents. Like oh god, now he's winding up for the fucking right hook. No, that's so she she needs help. She needs help. If but then you've made that judgment as the guy, and you're you're not any kind of professional. So shut up. Anyway, um, every time she finds something to every time she finds something to complain about. She threatens to dump me. I then apologise. She says, let's move on. But two days later, it's the same again. I know her last relationship was bad. But it's like she doesn't know what a normal relationship is. I can't keep on buying her things. And making a fuss of her every day. Shouldn't we just rub along like normal couple? Well, no. Because she's not a normal person. Uh, there you go. Here it is. As clockwork. Ashes mess because Aurier being Aurier and getting sent off liability. Fuck sake. Anyway. So yeah, look, here's the deal, mate. Advise her to get help for the abuse she got in a previous relationship, and if she doesn't get help, leave it because you're not a fucking therapist and it's gonna be long for you. Alright. Anyone's been through any trauma and hasn't sought help, it's just don't just don't bother. Seriously, don't bother. And, um, like, unless you're suggesting seek help. Because you, you're not a therapist. They just need some kind of help. And I say that if, actually, wait, 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 let me rephrase that. I say that if it is clearly manifesting in, you know, destructive behaviour. I mean, if they've actually dealt with it themselves, then, yeah. Yeah, you, who are you to say you need help? They're just living their best life. It's like, yeah, but your mother abandoned you when you were six. Yeah, I know, mate. I, I I told you that, but I'm fine. You know, living great, got lots of money, good job. I'm married, got kids, got a dog. I'm having a great time, good friends. I don't even drink. Go to the gym four times a week. Yeah, but your mum abandoned you when you were six. You need help. Just like, don't do that to them. But if they are just there, you know, fucking just living a shit life and just don't seem to be able to ever shift themselves out of ruts and they don't seek help and they know that they've had a bad start, then, yeah, unless they're going to seek help, leave it. Just leave it. Anyway, last one. Um, right. Let's see, what, what one, which one, which one? 
Um, right, let's see. Dear Deirdre, I was having sex with the hottest girl at work, but now she won't talk to me. Oh dear, what happened? Dear Deirdre, I've fallen mad in love with the hottest girl at work. That's why she won't talk to you, mate. You just made me just a quick work bang by the photocopier, and now you're talking about love. She's like, oh, you're making this awkward. Um, we have had the most amazing sex for a year, but now she won't even talk to me. Yeah, that's what it is. You, you, you take the fun away. Let's see. Uh, she came to work at, at the head office of the insurance company where I'm based a couple of years ago. She's 27, beautiful and bright. I was attracted to her, but thought she was way out of my league. I bet you're giving her all that energy as well. You finish having sex with her and you're like, thanks. <laughs> um, we got on really well and had the laugh and the flirt. I didn't think um, it would go anywhere because she had a boyfriend and I am married. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm 33 and I have two children, age five and seven. Um, then she finished with her boyfriend because she said she didn't find him attractive anymore. So you forgot you were married. He's like, oh, she's single. Sweet. Um, I didn't know whether to get my hopes up or not. Yeah, you're still married. Twat. A couple of weeks later, it was my colleagues leaving due uh, one Friday night. I had told my wife I'd crashed on someone's sofa. So I was a free agent uh, for the night. You can't be crashing on sofas as a married guy. You just can't. Nah. I mean, you can stay at someone's house. It really is more convenient, but I don't know. It just seems a bit weird. Anyway, after a few drinks, I told this girl that I had feelings for her and she instantly kissed me. It felt amazing. I booked us into a nearby hotel. The sex was amazing and has been just as terrific all through the last year. We both fell madly in love but lived very separate lives. I spent my weekends with my kids and she did her own thing. Okay. Then I was promoted then I was promoted at work and had to move to a different office. It wasn't that far away, but she went cold on me because you're not in the office. It was fun when you was in the office, you know, putting your cheeky glances across each other, you know. Being at, you know, after work drinks and people go, who's you in your top five? And, and you know, the guys are saying her and you're smugly thinking to yourself, <laughs> been there, nailed it. Um, yeah, not fun anymore. Now you're in different offices. It's now a long distance relationship rather than just a fling. Anyway, she used to text. And phoned me every day, but that all died away. Now she says she has no, she no longer wants a relationship with me and has stopped speaking to me. She has gone from saying I'm the love of her life to wanting to marry me and wanting to marry me to nothing. Ah, Southampton have equalised. Of course they have. Um, she's gone from saying, um, I'm heartbroken. I don't know what to do. Well, listen, mate, what you should do is remember you're fucking married. Fix, fix your, uh, fix your relationship, and maybe try that. All right. Anyway, that's the end of the pod. Um, what am I doing this week? I'm at the comedy store tonight on Saturday. Comedy store tonight, and then uh, not gigging tomorrow. And then um, 
what's going on this next week? Am I gigging next week? Don't think I am. I'm in the week. Week off. That's got to just nail the wedding stuff next week. It's all got to be done in my head. Next week, all done. But yeah, that is the end of the pods. Um, I was going to talk about Top Boy, but I think we need to give it just another bit of breathing space. Then I can talk about it. But I mean, probably won't. This it's, moment's probably gone. Anyway, uh, that's the end of the pod. The, go on my website, check out where I'm next performing if you want to see me perform live. Um, I was up in Nottingham this week with Ori Styler. Be back in London with him on the 20th and going Cardiff if it'll be in November. But uh, that, that show's good if you want to go see Ori Styler and see me. Those are the dates you'll see me there as well. But I'm out.